On today's Locked On Texans podcast, Cody and I look at contract restructures for the Houston Texans that can help them out this season. Is it smart or is it not? What we open up today's show looking at is the cap space an illusion for this team. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Me and Locked On Texans listeners to this Tuesday episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If this is your first time listening or watching the Locked On Texans podcast, thank you for stopping by. Please be sure to subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texans podcast on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. If this is your uh, second time, third time, fourth time, if you are one of our returning listeners, Thank you for stopping back and checking us out for another episode as Cody and I continue to talk Texans here on this Tuesday. I'm your Texans football analyst, Johnson Sports Guy Hickman. On the other side of the screen, as always, Texans credentialed media member, Sports Illustrated's own Cody Davis. We've got a couple of things to look at today, guys. Cody, I can't wait for this conversation. Mm-hmm. T.Y. Hilton was on a podcast recently. And he kind of compared CJ and Tank to what him and Andrew Luck was able to do. So we'll talk about mm. that. We'll look at in the second half of the show the contract restructures and how that could help Houston now, but could it hurt him in the long run? We will open up today's show looking at how the cap space for this team could be an illusion. And we may need to start looking at more realistic moves. And I think we've talked about a lot of realistic moves here on the show. Mm-hmm. Kind of look at some of the tier two, tier three free agents that can help this team out. But before we talk about that, guys, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with every $5 bet. That's $150 bucks if your bet wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. There is the conversation of how can this team build a roster right now, Cody. Am I right or wrong? Mm-hmm. No, you're right. 100% correct. In, in your views, from what we've discussed, and we'll get into it, I just want to ask you a really quick question because I got two questions I want to ask you and I want to ask the listeners. But in your views and the listeners' views, do you think, short answer, do you think realistically we're going to see a bunch of, I'll tell you what, three or more marquee free agents land in Houston? When I say marquee, mm. I mean guys that will either meet the market or possibly reset the market. So tier one guys, tier one free agents, are you looking at three and more or two and under? I'm going two and under because – as much as we we can sit here and say a lot of players are going to want to play with CJ, a lot of people are going to want to uh, play for Coach D'Amico Ryan's, playing Bobby Sloy's system, or just be a part of potentially the next great team that's in line to possibly you know take over this league or whatever the case might be. At the end of the day, we still got to keep it to the realization that this league is a business. And even though the Houston Texans, as of right now, they have what, like the fourth or fifth most or uh, of, of the highest cap space in the league, 
at the end of the day, you still got to keep in mind that not only do you have to take a look at the free agents that you're going to try to sign, but you also got to take care of take care of the players who are also responsible for you of winning 11 games in 2023, including a postseason win. Um, just go back to yesterday's show when we talked about the possibility of them or should they bring back Sheldon Rankins, Dalton Schultz, and Jonathan Gennard. I, th- I think, John, based off their market value, you're looking at three guys that's going to command, what, about 34 to $35 million right off the back. So that's half of that just for three players. Not saying that that's going to be the – for sure thing that they're going to do, but it's just one of them situations where it's like, look, yes, the Houston Texans are definitely going to bring in some, a lot of great free agents, but I don't think it's going to be nothing where we see them, you know, build a team where it's like three or four alternate, you know, tier one free agents. No, because at the same time, those tier top tier free agents are going to want to get paid. And it's like, look, the Houston Texans, they only got so much money that they can shell out. The Texans currently have 28 pending free agents on this current roster. <laughs> and they have roughly about $62 million. But that's what mm-hmm. I'm getting at. And you put it, you put it perfectly. Half of their roster <laughs> are free agents currently. And, and this group is headlined by Sheldon Rankins, who played 52% of the snap count defensively. Mm-hmm. These are all players when they were featured, what they played. John Grenard, 55% of the snap count when he played. Dalton Schultz, 65% of the snap count. Steven Nelson, 95% of the snap count. Kami Fairband, of course, the primary kicker, unless he want to bring back Dare. <laughs> but uh, he, listen, he's a pin to free agent. He made 95% of his kicks. He only missed one time, and I think that was a 57-yarder or something crazy like that. Well, he hurt his um, quad. That led to Darway. So the top five free agents for Houston all played over 50% of the snap count of on their respective, respective side of the ball. Of the 28 free agents, seven were starters or end of the year as a starter. I'm looking at. Uh, mainly when I say end of the year as a start, I'm looking mainly at Motor Singletary, different Singletary. Mm. Of the 28, not including the two special team players, Fairbairn and Johnston, and the uh, primary free uh, free agents that I already mentioned before, JG, uh, Rankins, Nelson, and Schultz, 19 of the pending free agents played 26% of the available playing snaps, and this doesn't include decreased snaps due to injuries. Or like time away. So like if they were available to play, on average, they played in at least, they were featured in at least 26% of the available snaps. What I'm getting at, guys, is I'm getting at this. Houston has some tough decisions to make. Half of their roster are free agents. And how long of a way without restructuring contracts can they actually go? Obviously, I don't think Houston should resign Kareem Jackson, who will be 36 at the start of the season, or a player like Dare Ongubuwale, who during his time here has been a third down back primarily. He's had his moments recently as a kicker, special team guy for Houston to help seal a win for him. But overall, I think it's time to move on. I think resigning Fairbairn, you get that done. Now with Cameron Johnson, I think it's smart to knock you know him out the way as well. Johnson was six in the league in punts inside the twenty. 
and uh, the average puncher salary is $2.5 million in the NFL once you make it to a second contract. But if Houston feels like there's a guy with a leg that can, that can replicate what Johnson did for Houston in the seventh round, you take him and you cut bait. But how much of the projected cap space, which is roughly $62 million right now, according to Spot Rack, should fans expect Houston to use on tier one guys? And so, again, now that we know the number of roster voids that will have to be addressed, you can you can have a Chris Jones who's projected who's who rumored to uh, come to Houston. There was a, a report over the weekend. I think that was from Bleacher Report. Chris Jones in Houston is a, is a match. You can sign a Josh Allen if you move on from Jonathan Gennard, but you'll be paying more. You can look at aiming at Saquon Bar- Barkley, who betting odds right now he'll land in Houston. You can do all of that, but once you mm-hmm. knock out those guys you still have 20 other positions that need to be filled. When you have a season like you have, you build off that. Of course, you you need a good draft, right? You're going to have to address needs in the NFL draft. But how much of that money do you realistically think before contract restructures, which we'll get into, can Houston really bring in more than two impactful players, tier one guys? And I think we need to start looking at some of the Curtis Samuels of the world. We need to start looking at whether it makes sense to let a player walk. Like, okay, Schultz, like I mentioned on the uh, the show when we talked about him, there's mutual interest. But if it's at a cost that we, we just can't afford right now because we have other needs, thank you for your needs. We'll address it elsewhere. And this isn't a good necessarily free agent class of tight ends. He is probably headlining the group of tight ends in free agency. The tight end group in the draft probably isn't the greatest, but again, I think when you look at Brevin Jordan, he helps add to what Houston can be in that group, can have in that group. But when you start looking at how things match up, you may have to look at moving on from rankings. Or maybe you could trade some of these guys, like Amelie Collins. We'll get into that with this restriction. But maybe you could trade, save money that way, and it'll come back and you'll have more money to spend elsewhere. But overall, with the amount of needs, because Nick Casario has signed a lot of one year, two year deals, and those contracts are up, they're going to have too many needs. They're going to have too many bodies that they're going to have to replace or bring back to be a full team to realistically expect more guys. And that's why I think Cody and I both looked at the cash space and thought to ourselves, it could possibly be an illusion because a lot of mm-hmm. people at one point were expecting. Every marquee name. We can get this guy. We can get mm-hmm. T. Higgins. We can get Chris Jones. We can get my bouquet from the Ravens. We can get a lot of these guys. But yeah, after that, who's going to be playing alongside them? Exactly. And, and John, really quick to your point, another one I'm looking at this at another one I'm looking at this is, you know, outside of running back, I mean, you can make an argument that the Houston Texans really do not have to go out and spend all this money for a top-tier free agent because you already have your top-tier players already in-house, i.e. the wide receiving position. Like, of course, at the start of the season, we was like, okay, let's start looking at this wide receiving class and see who we could sign in free agency. That was before the start of the 2023 season. Now, you look at it from a standpoint, you not only have, you know, wide receiver one and Nico Collins, but he's basically tied with Tate Dale. So it's like the emergence of those two guys, you don't have to go out and shell, what, about $25 million to get 
Mike Evans in. Yes, Mike Evans is a phenomenal player, but you don't have to do that. Then to your point, John, that is going to give you an opportunity to go out there and get somebody like a Curtis Samuel who is going to be perfect as your quote-unquote wide receiver number three. When he needs to step up, he can be a reliable option. So, you know, regardless of how much money the Texans have, I still believe they are in a very good place to just build off of the success but it's going to be more important one be smart with their money but two and most importantly make sure you have as much depth as possible because i do believe that is one of if not the number one thing that hurt the texans in 2023 absolutely let's kind of carry this conversation over a little bit to the uh contract restructuring conversation before we get into that because i think there's also another side of what we need to look at so i'll bring it up when we come back but guys first i can't wait to talk to you about Door Dash. I know the NFL season is over, but I think the basketball season will get hot. We got All Star Break around the corner, dunk contest, three point shootout, and of course the All Star game. And when you get to a spot on a couch where you're comfortable and don't really necessarily feel like moving, but you still got to eat, your stomach is growling, uh, and you know that you want your, what you want from your favorite restaurant, and you're ready to go. Door Dash is the place for you to hit up right on your phone super easy just download the app whatever watch party or any party you've got coming up get everything delivered with doordash you want dinner for tonight groceries for the week or just a consolation prize for your sad friends that you know maybe san fran fans or could be new york knicks fans and are mad at the refs and you just want to send them something sweet to kind of help them get over their day you can get it all on DoorDash. DoorDash, you door to more. Your door to more. Head to DoorDash, the app, to get everything you need delivered. Welcome back, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers. Before we look at the impact of the contract reconstructions, I do want to ask this question. What side of the ball would you presume Houston is going to spend more money on? What, oh, like in defense. terms of, no, I was gonna say defense, so I shout out with especially the front four, the front seven. Because, look, every time we ask Coach D'Amico Ryans about how can you build this team, especially during the exit interview, he always kept talking about it starts on it starts up front, especially on the defensive line. And look, I understand it did come in the Super Bowl loss for the San Francisco 49ers, but during that first half. I sat there thinking to myself watching that game, this is what Coach D'Amico Ryan is always talking about. Because as you saw, when it took the Kansas City Chiefs a hard time to get into a rhythm, it was it was because of their defense, mostly what the defensive line was doing. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, maybe just maybe Coach D'Amico Ryan's, you know, this is what he's talking about, how important making sure that your front four on that defensive side of the ball is. So I just wanted to throw that out. Without a shadow of a doubt, it's going to be defense. And he came from San Fran, coached those guys. The same uh, blueprint, just like in same, New York. <laughs> right, and uh, just like in New York with Robert Sala. Uh, and, and those guys, I think, in, especially in their first half and throughout the game, did a very good job of getting pressure on Pat Mahomes. But uh, I, I want to say that in terms of free agency, I still look for Houston to address the running back room. Mm. Um, I still look for Houston to address at least – one wide receiver uh, signing. And I like mm-hmm. Curtis Samuel, guys that are maybe on the bottom tier. I like 
KJ Osborne. I like a couple of guys in this year's free agency. You also got to take a look at if they do resign Dalton Schultz or not. Um, if they don't, I would assume that they would address that into the draft. If they do, there's still money allocated in free agency to a tight end to bring back on this roster who, again, wants to be back. Houston wants him back and has a lot of chemistry with your rookie quarterback. Um, so I think I would I would I, I definitely will still say defense, but I can see depending on how many offensive weapons they look to sign. Because realistically, you, you, you I think you move on from Woods. We'll get into that. I think you move on from Noah Brown. You got to fill those two bodies. We know that Mitchie and Hutchison, the two young dogs, are not enough. So you got to move on, and you also got to bring in. Whether you move on and bring them in strictly from the free agency or you look to address it in the draft. But when we look at the contract restructures that can help Houston now, we spent a lot of time mentioning how Houston can create cap space by restructuring different contracts, but we haven't necessarily gone into who, how, and how that will impact them moving forward. So I do want to shout out my boy, John Crumpler. He gave me the uh, blueprint to go look over, the idea to go look over on Spot Rack to play around with a lot of these possibilities. And if Houston decides to rework the money on the books for 2024, restructuring that player or player's current base salary to their veteran veteran minimum, pushing the remainder into a signing bonus that prorates over the remaining years of their contract. So, again, you guys can do that on SpotRack.com. And shout out to my boy JC from the Texas Wire. But here are some of the possible restructuring Houston can do to create cap space. Laramie Tunsil, they can free up a little over $11 million in space, but that would force Houston to prorate that over two seasons. So instead of $25 million this year, Houston will get, I mean, Tunsil will get $14 million. That'll create that $11 million, but in return, in the 2025 and 26 season, that cap hit will be nearly $34 million. For Titus Howard, mm-hmm. a new deal in 2024 could save him a little over uh, $8 million, but that would increase the 2025 and 26 cap space, cap hit to 24 and 26. Houston can also save $5 million with, rework, re, with reworking Shaq Mason's deal. But again, like I said, that will push them over in the following year. So you can save $8 million with Titus Howard. You can save $11 million uh, with Laramie Tunsil. So you can save $5 million. With Shaq Mason, by the way, Houston can save nearly $7.5 million by moving on from both Robert Woods and safety MJ Stewart. Does it make sense for Houston to rework deals now and take the hit in the following years for the sake of signing one or more tier one player or financially, does it make more sense to really assess the current roster, prioritize depth, and realistically have a free agency that ends with two splash signings. I'm taking the last option. <laughs> um, I, I know I was all for reconstructing contracts. And give it, give it, give it. We got to also keep in mind, given who is the GM, one thing that, that I, I, I've, I've always kind of enjoyed from Nick is his transparency of, I'm just not going to spend money just because y'all think I'm going to spend money. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna give a bunch of I'm not gonna give players a bunch of years or whatever just because y'all think we got it. Now, if the Saints have taught us anything, it's two things: how to lose games in the big moments, but how the cap space doesn't necessarily we can always do something with the cap to bring in players, but that's not Nick's philosophy. There's a possibility, doesn't mean he'll do it for the sake of, and I like that about Nick. Yeah, I'm I'm going with the last option, John, because I was all for reworking Titus Howard's contract, you know, given the year that he had. However, if you reworked his contract to your point, like you said, and then, you know, his cap hit goes up in 2025 and 2026 to 24 and 26, like that's way too much at that point. And the one thing that you def that I'm pretty sure Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryan's is going to keep in mind. Once you start playing around with the cap hit and all that in 2025 and 2026, there's about three guys at that point. You're probably going to have to start thinking about paying around that time. And like I mentioned, we're all probably going to have to pitch in at least a dollar or five dollars in order to help the Houston Texans, you know, pay those guys, especially if number seven continues on the trajectory that he is on. But, you know, I, I just think as of right now, man, and, and I understand it. There's a lot of excitement surrounding this team. But when you just take a look at not just 2024, but like I just mentioned, the long-term impact of what they can do. Because, look, I mean, Titus Howard, yes, he had a very disappointing year. Fair or unfair because he was injured. He was injured basically throughout this whole entire season. I'm still big on Titus Howard. Um, I, I, I'm not going to go as far as to say they should have never gave him that contract extension because you know leading up to this year he definitely deserved it there was a moment where he was this team best offensive lineman um I also know throughout this whole entire season um you and I met, especially me was saying that we are starting to see a decline in Titus in, in Laramie Tunsil due to the knee injury that he was battling throughout this whole entire season however mm-hmm. as he proven he's still one of the best left tackles in the game I thought without a shadow without Laramie Tunsil was having a you know subpar season but the playoffs taught me one thing. Don't ever count out Laramie Tunsil. Anytime he made Miles Garrett look inefficient, non-existent, I'll say it to myself, that is why you kept Laramie Tunsil. And, and if he comes back healthy, I'm pretty sure Titus Howard is going to show why he is still this team's, without a shadow of a doubt, second best offensive lineman. So I say all that just to say, you're going to have to make sure that you keep those two guys and the way that contract is as of right now, you got to keep it that way. Because if you start reconstruction, if you start changing stuff up and everything, like I just mentioned, 2025, 2026, you definitely going to look at a situation where that might hurt hurt you keeping one of your foundational pieces. So I do want to say that CJ's contract it won't be affected until 2027. So 25 okay. and 26, he'll be fine. Houston also has his fifth-year option available in 2027. Uh, but when you do start looking at Stingley, when you do start mm-hmm. looking at Christian Harris, depending on where they are with Jalen Petrie at that point, at that point in his career, if he's still here, you got to look at Petrie. Depending on whether or not Kenya Green bounces back, you look, you look at that possibility. I mean, but, you also look at by that time if Nico Collins is still here, he's going to be one of your foundational players. By that that's time, that's what I was about to get to. If as you well. resign John Grenard. John Grenard will be on the books at that point. The restructuring of Titus and Lammy, and if they want to keep Shaq Mason around that time, uh, that will only impact the 
21 class to 22 class, to, you know, 25 and 26. So when you look at maybe, and I don't even know about the 22 class, but probably, but it would definitely impact what you could do with Nico. It, well, not what you can do, but how that cap hit will look when you have all three of those guys on the books. So 35 for Laramie, 26 for Titus, mm-hmm. and then whatever uh, Nico's will be. By that time, you still expect and anticipate Houston to bring in other tier one guys. Uh, Christian Harris, I think, will be getting paid around that time. And so for the 25 and 26 seasons, does it does it make sense? If I could say something, I think of the three guys that I named, because you can still clear 7.5 by moving on from Woods and MJ Stewart. And those that are just the two names. Right. They got they gotta they, that has to be it. And and again, I still don't know why they came right <laughs> But uh you 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 look at those possibilities. You go ahead and say, yeah, we gotta save that. Thank you guys for your service. We gotta move on. That's 7.5 right there that you have. I think you do look to restructure one of those contracts. It's definitely not all three, but what makes more sense? Do you want to take that cap hit of 35 million and 25 and 26 when you look at Laramie? Or do you rather would you rather take that cap hit of 24 and 26 in 25, year 2025 and 2026 from Titus Howard? Or do you want to look at saving that five million from Shaq Mason, which will give you that seven and a half plus five, which will come out to be almost thirteen million dollars when you look at reworking Shaq Mason? As much as I would say for Houston to look on, look towards moving a different route from Titus Howard, I still have to remember this, Cody. Like you said, twenty twenty four is the year he goes back to right tackle. No doubt about it. There's nothing in my mind that says Houston will experiment with that left guard crap again. He is this team's right tackle. Mm. So no matter how I feel about moving on from him, what I have to say is the last time we saw him at tackle, he was giving teams fits as a, as a pass blocker. I think both tackles have to be better in the run, but as a pass blocker, he did whatever he could to limit pressure, and you got to respect it. That's why he got paid. But I think it makes more sense to restructure Titus' deal because – 24 and 26 million dollar cap hit. That's okay. The cap will be up, and and it's just not as impactful. T- paying t- t- uh, Titus, I mean, excuse me, Larry Tunsil, 35 million dollars. That is egregious. That's not what I'm about. So I think you make those cuts for Woods, MJ Stewart. You also look at go ahead and restructuring. Titus Howard contract, so I think in fairness, he needs to go ahead and you know do a favor for you guys, hmm. and then you'll be able to take that. Could be roughly sixteen million dollars, yeah, closer to sixteen million dollars, and that will help you a lot in this year's free agency, and it won't hurt you as much in the long run because technically only one player contract is getting restructured. Get buckets, get buckets, get buckets with your first bet. On FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 bet. That's $150 if your bets win. Bet on all of your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets. Live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. Not Not Don't go on them DMs. Asking for you know what player can you hit? Can you get three threes tonight? 
We're going to player DMs, but you can go and visit FanDuel.com and shoot your shot. FanDuel, the official sports book partner of the NBA. Welcome back, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers. Uh, guys, I think it's a. I think Houston has a, a, a way to safely create space hmm. for this team, where it won't uh, handicap you tremendously. Uh, maybe down the line, it makes more sense to pay a little bit more for a couple of players. But you you look at some of the guys that just no longer serve this team's purpose. This is a different team, different tier of team now. And for those players that were brought in during those hard seasons where we just need a, a body, <laughs> thank you. But it's but it's time to move on. The expectations are different, and so the decisions will be different. The expectations are higher, so the decisions will be tougher. And I think that's where Houston is right now. But when we look at some of the fun things, <clears throat> T.Y. on a podcast talking about – and by the way, T.Y., you know, there was a running joke that T.Y. just owned the NRG because every time he steps foot in that stadium, um, he, he, he just – he dogged the defense. <laughs> but he said that – uh, Tank Dale and CJ Stroud reminds him of uh, himself and Andrew Luck. Mm. Now, that could be scary for the Jags, the Colts. So, a little bit of payback for the Colts and the Titans. I think that's a great comparison. I love I, it. I love it too, man. And, and it makes sense because didn't they come in the same draft? What was that 2011, 2012? If I'm not mistaken, they both was in the same draft. And was T in the draft? I, I think so. I mean, you could you can look it up. Matter of fact, I'm gonna look it up. But those two man, put it like this: that I, I get why Indy hasn't got over the Andrew Love fiasco when he just abruptly retired. Because that duo, man, was about to dominate not just this division, which they was already dominating this division, but this league, man. And and I can honestly see CJ and Tank dominating like that. And, and the one game that comes to my mind was that disappointing playoff game back in 2018, the wild card game when the Texans lost. I think it was like 34-7 to the Colts. And Andrew Luck. And T.Y. Hilton just just destroyed the Texans, and that was a pretty decent Texans defense. Twenty twelve, they came in. It's the they, they they came in together. They grew together and stuff, man. And I I, I can see it. I can see it, man. I, I think this parent of C.J. and Tank can really be something special, man. I I two things I'm hoping. One, without a shadow of a doubt, that health stays on their side, and two, and most importantly, hopefully. That pairing could last longer than the T.Y. Hilton, Andrew Luck. Because I think they only last for, what, five, six years? Yeah, after Luck that. After, yeah, yeah, and that was so, fans booed him. That and was, and, and as a football fan, I I mean, that I understand it's the Colts, but that was about to be something special. Just looking at that from a perspective as a football fan. But I could definitely see C.J. and Tank being the next wide receiver quarterback um, duo. Yeah. I wanted to ask you this earlier, and I didn't get a chance to it. If you had an opportunity to sign two of the tier one free agents, who would it be? 
Saquon and, and listeners and listeners and viewers, same question to you guys, of course. If you had a chance to sign two tier one free agents, who would it be? Without a shadow of a doubt, Saquon Barkley right off the bat. And Patrick Queen. Mm. Those would be my two. Those would be my two. Because okay. I, I think Patrick Queen and, and Christian Harris, I think they'll make a scary duo. It would. Uh that, that would be it would be tough to throw on them. Uh, but I'm going Antoine Whitfield and I'm going Saquon. Mm. Gives you a safety they can cover, gives you a running back that can do it all. And after that, you, you build a depth. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Locked On Texans podcast. Hey, be sure to subscribe, like, and comment on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Also, do me a favor and uh, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Give me a follow as well. I lost a lot of followers overnight, but they may have just been like bots. But follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.